Hello and welcome to our podcast, On Your Marks. My name is Peter and I am the leader of St Mark's Church in Jersey, a growing, friendly Anglican church in the centre of St Helier. We want to take the Bible apart and see what's really in there, going beyond the face value to dig a little deeper into certain topics. We will bring you fresh content every week and hope you get a lot out of listening. So, if you're ready, let's go. Hello, Ray. Hi. Good to see you. And you. So, uh, welcome to everyone listening. I'm with my friend Ray. We're sitting in his study, surrounded by books, and we're here to record um, an episode of Influential People. This is um, where we go back over um, Ray's life, and he talks to us about different people he's encountered or persons who have inspired him through through writings or whatever um, in, in his walk of faith. And this episode is going to follow on from episode two, um, really, um, chronologically, because we're now going to come in um, into Ray's sort of mid-twenties. In episode three, if you listen to it, we kind of took a, a slight break and spoke about some people through from from history um, from the 18th, 19th, and 20th century that have inspired Ray. But now we're kind of going to drop back in, um, sort of into the chronology, as it were, following episode two. Um, but before we do that, um, you're you're wearing a jumper today, and it's the second time I've seen you wear it, and. I've commented on it both times. Um, <laughs> just so, obviously, people can't see this, I'll explain what it is. It's a jumper which has got sheep on and it. And a shepherd. And a shepherd on it. Yeah. And um, I saw this when we lived in Suffolk um, at a, a Snape Maltings, it was called. Um, they have a, a shop where they sell things. But it's essentially a concert hall um, built at the inspiration of Benjamin Britten. And, um, but shortly before we moved to Jersey, I happened to be, be at Snape Maltings, went into the gift shop and saw this wonderful jumper, which, as you say, has the sheep and the shepherd. And um, uh, I, I, I looked at the price and it was £40, I remember. That's expensive even for today for a jumper. Oh, ah, grief. <coughs> exactly. But a couple of years later, we were invited back to go and preach. Um, and I said to Nicola, look, let's have um, three fleeces before the Lord. One, if we get invited to go and because we'd be dependent on other people for transport. Right, yeah. Um, to go and see snake maltings again. Two, if we go in the shop and there's still that jumper. <laughs> three, if it's not gone up in price <laughs> in the last two or three years, um, I'm going to get it. And all three came true. <laughs> so I took that as uh, treble confirmation yeah. that, you know, that I was free to do, do, do so. so yeah. And so it's a constant reminder of many things of my ministry in Suffolk, um, which was such a blessing, um, of God's faithfulness, of God's provision. And uh, yeah, it was, it's, um, 
rather a special jumper. How lovely. And I hope it's local, locally made or something. In Suffolk. In Suffolk. Oh, this is made of Suffolk sheep. Right, okay. So well, not the sheep themselves, <laughs> but the, yeah. the wool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's nice. Supporting the local industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and hadn't, uh, it was still being sold. No, it's great. Uh, it suits you. What a lovely thing as a sort of, as a memorial, I guess, to remind you of... Yeah, uh, although I don't really need a memorial of Suffolk. It's um, uh, alongside Jersey, I suppose. It's the place that has major spot in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. How nice. Well, thank you for that very quick tangent at the start. So we are going to go back. You need to cast your mind back to your mid-twenties. You started college... Um, or you're in college, and there's a character, Edgar Trout. Yes, Edgar lived in Devon. Um, he was he's somebody that, at the time, had a huge impact on quite a lot of people, but possibly today is not known of. Mm. Um, maybe a few will perhaps have long memories or have listened to explanations of this man's life. Was he older but, than you? Oh yes. He um he died while I was um in my first curacy in Manchester. Wow. So what role was he in Yeah, he was um a former um, Methodist preacher. Um lived in the West Country in Plymouth. Um had a wonderful ministry amongst the sailing fraternity, um, sort of delight your heart, yeah. um, who were a pretty rough diamonds, many of them, yeah. in, in the commercial world. And um, it was quite extraordinary. Some of the stories he told of, um, on one occasion, he was attacked with a, by a sailor with a, a knife, um, and he just stood there. He lifted up a finger and he said, in the name of Jesus, stop. <laughs> and the chap stood there, couldn't do anything, couldn't move, started to shed tears, fell down on his knees and accepted Christ. <laughs> and I mean, this is the, the nature of the beast who is, who is Edgar. Um, he also had an <coughs> incredible um, direct... Um, ministry in terms of um, prophetic ministry um, and some of what we sort of count as prophetic today is rather pathetic I mm. think. Um, but by comparison he was very direct and very clear um, we met him initially whilst we were holidaying in Devon um, and were at a place called Lee Abbey, and we got to know him. We stayed down there, and um, he was called in a dramatic way to full-time service. And I suppose when you have a dramatic call, somehow it indicates there's going to be a dramatic ministry. Um, and for instance, he had an act, a road accident. Um, he was paralysed from the waist down um, and there was nothing the medics could do. He was 
back was broken um, and he was incapable of walking again. Um, he was in bed. There came a knock on the door and a voice came up. Are you, are you there? And he shouted back, yes. And into the bedroom cam comes um, an elderly clergyman whom he had never met before, never seen before, never heard of before, out of the blue, who said to him, if you will serve Christ in your life, you will be healed and walked away. That was the last time he saw him, heard him, had contact, never saw him again. But when his wife got home, he shouted a warning downstairs, got out of bed and was completely healed. Fantastic. Of his doctors, one of the specialists cussed and blinded and all the rest of it, said, this is rubbish. And the other one, the other doctor was converted on the spot. Yeah. And um, a good illustration of how you can react to mm. the power of God. Absolutely. And, uh, and from that point on, he went to full-time ministry and um, was an extraordinary... He, he was the sort of person that made good contacts. He had a powerful uh, link with... The, Houses of Com House of Commons, um, he knew a lot of people there, and the Lords, I think, come to think of it. Um, and uh, he spoke all over the place, um, uh, and he was a, such a blessing um, to those who uh, were prepared for what he might like to say to you. So you met him a lot later on in his life? Yes, yes. So you, he was down in... He was at Lee Abbey. No, he was. He, uh, the contact was at Lee Abbey. Right. No. Um, oh yeah, he was in Plymouth. He was in Plymouth. In, in this, okay. uh, and um, Man Manamede was the area. Okay. Um, th and they had in his house a basement prayer room. Um, and they moved to have it in the prayer room, and in the basement for prayer. Because sometimes when the Holy Spirit came, it shook the building, and there was a need for safety and security, so they had the prayer down below. I'm just bells are ringing in my head. I've heard this story before, but a long, quite a while ago. Yeah. About your visit to Lee Abbey. Yeah. And going to anyway. So you continue. I'm now realizing who we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. And. Um, he was, uh, so it's what it meant. I mean, the, the prayer room at, in Plymouth was some, somewhere you could phone when you were in dire need of support and prayer. Mm. Uh, I mean, we were asked to go and pray with a group of Christians. Um, now, I'd better not mention names, um, but... Uh, amongst them was 
friend who became a bishop, diocesan bishop, um, others in significant roles, uh, household names in mm. the, the areas of the church. Um, and there was a desire to be prayed for, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, I phoned Demon, got, got them to get together to pray, um, and they prayed. And when they prayed, God moved. And it was, it was quite extraordinary the way in which things happened when people prayed. Mm. It really was. Uh, yeah, it was a, it, there were a great group of people in Devon at this time. It seemed to me um, there were pockets of activity um, where God was moving in substantial ways, and it, but it was in localities. Um, and Devon was one such, and there became a sort of a learning ground for us. Um, didn't go down too well at college, but... Um, <laughs> Why not? No, they, I think they... Um, well, my, my principal um, was... I, I know how to illustrate it. Um, we used to have a Wednesday preaching service. On one occasion we had Mervyn Stockwood, who was at that time Bishop of Southwark. And Mervyn Stockwood had a reputation for being a bit of a, a lad and a, um, a bit wild with his theology. Um, and um, he, after, after the service, we gathered for coffee in the entrance area at Oak Hill. Um, and Mervyn Stockwood, in typical fashion, walked up to Morris and said, Morris, have you got any of these charismatic chaps here? And, he, and Morris my, was the... Morris Wood was my principal. Who was the principal, OK. And Morris, <laughs> in typical um, uncertainty, um, said, perhaps we have, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> um, Jolly good, aren't they, these chaps, <laughs> says, Mer <laughs> says Mervyn. Um, and really shook Morris to the core, I think. Wow. And um, there were a small group of us who used to meet in our little house in nearby. Um, and um, it didn't go down too well. Um, With Morris. Morris. Yeah. Um, sadly. But he... He lived to love and acknowledge me. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking you were going to say in that moment that Morris would have pointed around and said, yes, and there's one of them, points to you. He could well have done. <laughs> but, yeah, but didn't. That, that was a um, good illustration. Yeah. Wow. So, Edgar Trout, your interaction after that at Lee Abbey, what, do you have any future... Or uh, more interaction with him? Yes, certain amount. Um, he he was a an incredible character. Um, if you went in his car anywhere, um, and he needed to speak to the Lord en route, um, you you used to put your fingers in your mouth and chew hard um, because he would usually. 
um, close his eyes to pray. Oh. <laughs> Um, and sometimes, sometimes lift his hands in the air. Oh, for uh, goodness sake. Uh, uh, Did you ever reach out and hold the steering wheel, or you uh, dare not? I, I tried not to. <laughs> um, it was a, a one-off. Really, yeah. It really was. But, but he showed me the way to follow Christ. And to follow Christ is the only way. I think fundamentally, early 20s at college, what a grounding thing, really. Oh, yeah. To have been filled with the Holy Spirit in Lee Abbey and to be shown that by him. Yeah. That, almost like a pillar. Yeah. It, and um, as I say, it was, it, he was one of, he was unique, I suppose. Mm. One of a kind. Um, and there'll be people around who with long memories, people of my vintage, for whom he was absolutely fundamental. Mm. Um, the woman, but in a way, perhaps the church wasn't ready for him, I think. Died young. Mm. Gosh, so how, how old was he when he died? Well, he would have been around 60, I okay. guess, something yeah. like that. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. There's another person we've got we were going to discuss, and that's Alan Stibbs. Yes, again at college this time, and again so very, very different. Um, he, um, Alan Stibbs had begun his ministry in China, in the China Inland Mission. Um, it turned out to be only a relatively short, I think he was only there for about three years or something. Um, uh, but his heart has, was always in theological teaching. Um, so after a relatively short time, and as I say, I think it was about three years, and I can't be sure, um, he came to teach at Oak Hill when I was there. Um, and he was the most godly and gracious man you could imagine and he instilled to me another but different value into serving people and loving people for Christ and um, he was so gracious um, I, I still remember him his his mannerisms and he was very much a person who was diffident about speaking and yet yet whereas he but he at the same time he kept a real sense of humor um he when he was um leading a session in co college teaching session um or preaching in particular he he would have a sort of about a three line introduction to each point, um, whereas our, our college principal and this he was really poking fun at him um, was you know there was, there are here four P's um, <laughs> prophecy and so on, um, whereas Alan would have a three line heading for each each point. Mm. So a good teacher in that respect. Oh yeah, great teacher, wonderful yeah. teacher, and um, he 
uh, was uh, an immense impression on me, um, very important to me. Did he do any writing? Yes, he wrote commentaries and um, in the Tyndale series he was written um, the, the, what we used to call the Stibine epistle um, after Alan Stib, um and it was well, one Peter. Um, one Peter, yeah, right. Um, and about, even about the word of God was his passion and his heart. Yeah. And um, he, uh, yeah, he was somebody of immense substance to me. And your interactions with him were really fixed around college, so yes. time of college. Yes, it was all college. Yeah. I mean, he did help me when we finished at college in those days I don't know what they do now um, but we had we used to do what's called potty training okay <laughs> um, post ordination training <laughs> hilarious <laughs> and um, I I did a bit of a study on uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit um, and he agreed to keep me on the right lines and um, so I communicated with him a bit nice. uh, on that um, and he was so gracious because mm. I mean he probably uh, I was probably talking rubbish I was, uh, <laughs> but uh, he was so so kind mm. and affirming um, and knowing the man when you then read the commentary on one Peter oh absolutely you can almost imagine him saying it yeah 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 it's great it's like it brings it to life doesn't it yeah mm. yeah yeah um, he, he also was somebody with a wonderful sense of humour. Um, Morris Wood, the principal, um, used to refer with great frequency to people he had met and handed out copies of one of his Islington booklets. And the Islington booklets were a little tracked. Um, and number two, I think, was How Can I Accept Christ? And he would return from going on to a meeting in London um, when he got back for dinner. Um, and he would say, yes, I had a good time today, gentlemen. Um, I, I was speaking to the Archbishop of Uppsala. Um, and, you know, he's very near the Lord. He's, He's very close to the kingdom. So I left him with booklet number two, How Can I Accept Christ? <laughs> and um, so and, and he would name drop at the drop of a hat. He said, as I was saying to Prince Charles the other day, um, <laughs> when I t took him to the football at Norwich. Oh, for goodness sake. Uh, um, <laughs> things like that. Uh, and so Stib... Alan Stibbs on one occasion, oh, it must have been his birthday or something, got up, got up in college chapel, in, in the dining room, and responded to the appreciation of the brethren gathered. And um, he said, I just want to tell you something. During the war years, um, there was, of all things, a a naval gun emplacement 
up at Cockfosters in North London. Why on earth it was naval, why it was there, no, I'm not really understood. But he said, do you know that they wanted a chaplain? And so they appointed me as a naval chaplain. And he revealed his jacket and his badge was on this. And that was to dig a bit of a one on Morris, who was frequently up to his old trick of telling people how he was up to his eyes in muck and bullets on the Normandy beaches. Um, and, and so the obviously Stibbs wasn't. No, but he was a chaplain. He was a chaplain. <laughs> <Not that. laughs> We've got to have a sense of humour. Yeah, We've got, got to, to laugh. Yeah. Oh, so, but well, his, um, his passion was for the word of God. And people would... Morning chapel was about seven o'clock, I think. And um, so people would... Uh, Sleep in and sleep accidentally. In, yeah. Yeah. Um, but on a Friday morning, when it was Bible exposition with, my, with, with Alan Stibbs, nobody missed. They were there. And every week he starts with the same collect, blessed Lord, who has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, Grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and how it goes on. Mm. And the focus on the Word of God. And his passion for teaching the Word of God was such that he didn't miss it. Wow. Didn't miss it. it was, and he, he died the day after he was diagnosed with a stroke. Wow. Finished his ministry. He went home. And it was. Uh, was he relatively, relatively young? No, no, he was more on the older side. Right. I'm not quite sure how old he was. There's two men we've spoken about there, very. They're very different. Very different, but for somebody in their mid 20s, very you know. Impressionable. Very impressionable. And what if, you know, Edgar Trout with the Holy Spirit, with the prophetic. And then answered to the graciousness, the, the yeah. humour, the, the word of God. Word and spirit. Word and spirit. Word and spirit. That sums up today. Yeah. Fantastic. Ray, thank you for sharing Not everything. Yeah. Have a good rest of your day and see you next time. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends on social media. And please do get in touch with any suggestions or comments you may have. Thanks for listening and see you next time.